0: They may have had arthroscopy, they've had fragments removed, they've had cartilage debrided. Mm. Those are the dogs where I think they're more likely to use something like stem cells.
1: Hi, I'm Hubert. This is Gerardo. And you are listening to the Bob Clinical Podcast.
2: I asked a question before, Matt, about the, the classic kind of things. Okay. You got them on opiates. You got them on NSAIDs. They've lost some weight. Now, do you put some steroids in their joints or do you chop off the nerves? Pletor,
1: platelet-rich plasma or like all those sort of things. Yeah,
2: or, or do you get some fat and then you, 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 whatever you do with the fat and then you get the stem cells from the fat and you inject the fat into the joints and stuff like where do those kind of therapies now sit yeah. in the spectrum now that we have these other therapies
0: mm. yeah so i think when we start to talk about those other things those would be dogs where we've got a non-steroidal on board or or okay a nonsteroidal steroidal or librella those are our three first lines We've then added something like a mantidine in. So we've got our pain management under control. We're pain scoring. We're recognizing pain behavior. So this is another really important element with owners is working out from your history what those pain behaviors are. We've got the weight control sorted. We've got the diet sorted, the exercise control. We're 100% sure that the owner is actually Mm. complying with that exercise program. Mm -hmm. We've talked about physio. They may be doing a physio program. They're engaging with hydro in a positive way. So, not doing hydrotherapy that's going to make the dog worse a couple of days later. So, we need to be optimizing all of those things. And then we talk about things like okay, what are my intraarticular options? We've got things like platelet rich plasma stem cells. There are various things, pentazan polysulfate. I don't think we've got that in the, there's something in the UK and then it can never think. There's another thing called arthromid, which is that joint scaffold that's supposed to increase the shock absorbing capacities. And then your last option, and this is from conversations with our orthopedic team, steroids are always your, your kind of last resort. What we often see and this is kind of reflections from managing cases with my orthopedic colleagues is that dogs with, let's say elbow dysplasia, they may have had arthroscopy. They've had fragments removed. They've had cartilage debrided. Mm. Those are the dogs where I think they're more likely to use something like stem cells. And that is the harvesting, the fat, the fat goes off to the lab, the stem cells are prepared. Then we end up with a stock of stem cells. At the practice, dog comes in, sedation, injection of the stem cells. And whilst the dogs are anisotized or sedated, they tend to inject into as many joints as are affected. And we certainly notice, I think, those younger dogs with elbow dysplasia, where you've cleaned up the joint, you can see an improvement in those dogs fairly early on. But I think once the once the, the arthritis advances in those joints, I think you then get to a stage where you think, actually, this probably isn't worth doing okay, yeah. it okay. platelet-rich plasma again very that's quite a difficult one because if you look at all the systems available so the various syst- commercial systems that you buy you don't know how many what the concentration of platelets is in each one so it's very difficult they the very very i don't think there's any comparative literature saying this is the system that you should use and necessarily does having more plate a more concentrated platelet harvest does that confer a benefit? Yeah, I'd say the jury is out there. Um, and then, yeah, further down the line, if you've got those end-stage joints where you're trying everything, then that would be where we tend to go down the steroid route, and that can offer some relief from some for some dogs, certainly.
2: Okay, dude, that was a pretty comprehensive discussion around the different options of the management of chronic pain hubert's probably got more questions
1: yeah i um, i think we unless i'm missing anything i think we, we i'm just about ready to wrap up Matt, unless there's anything else i love that approach there's a couple of other than just talking about drugs i like the approach that you guys have as well of, of making sure that you follow up because we it's, it's the client's fault but it's also our fault mm. uh, because you're busy you go there's you, you almost want to leave a jar on the counter full of an anti-inflammatory so just come in and help yourself because <laughs> i don't have time for this conversation it feels like that sometimes so that approach of making sure you You talk them through it, it's it's really
0: useful. I think we can do a good job with structure, understanding, getting the right people involved Mm. as well. So Mm. I I think it's really hard when you're halfway through a concert and I know it suddenly throws you, oh, my friend's doing this, my friend's doing that. Should I use golden paste, this turmeric mixture, or should I do this, should I do that? (laughs) Um, Yeah, those things get a bit challenging. But I suppose at least if everyone in the practice is, it's it's a good excuse to have a practice evening and have a discussion, isn't it? How do we manage arthritis so i guess anyone listens to this podcast uh, take it away digest it get some food in have a chat amongst yourselves about how you work all of these things in because every, yeah. everything makes a difference i think you've got to a- address everything in the management of arthritis it's not about having a magic bullet drug okay mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah that makes perfect sense um
2: well one last question really tricky question what was the first thing that you changed when you were in charge of changing pain management in your hospital?
0: I think the big, I suppose this, this might wind right back to when I moved to the previous practice I was working in coming mm. in, perhaps I hadn't employed an anaesthetist before. What should we mm. all be doing? Mm. Certainly from an acute pain point of view in the inpatients, that was pain scoring. Mm. That's my, my big thing from an acute point of view. And I think when I'm, Again, talking about pain scoring and chronic pain clinics. So my advice would be get you need to get a handle on the pain. How painful do you think the dog is? And how painful do you think the does the owner think the dog is? Let's mm. get on the same page with this. So again, it would be pain scoring, a, a chronic pain scoring system. Mm. And I think some people think, oh, that's just another step. But when you're three or four months down the line and you're really struggling to manage that mm. owner in that case if you haven't all been on the same page for the past four months, then you're really going to struggle. So Mm -hmm. getting on the same page is really important. Building that trust with the client, they will then take your recommendations if they trust you. And I think getting on the same page about the stage of arthritis and how painful the dog is and recognizing what they say when they say he does this, 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 and this, that's, that would be my, my, I guess, big tip if you're trying to change one thing in your practice in
2: managing arthritis, it would be Yeah. Yeah, I I think maybe I didn't frame the question, but I think this is way beyond this and maybe, maybe you've already answered it, but it's kind of like changing pain management practices, especially around surgical pain, post-operative pain, the different pain options, getting people used to different options that are available and all that, all that kind of stuff. Well, I think so, you answered it
1: though. I think you answered it a great because it's not one drug. I think yeah. it's to make sure that you're on top of what you're actually treating, rather than there's different options. Mm. Am, I, am I understanding that correct, Matt? Is it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the other element of that is if we think about in the acute mm. setting, we all mm. need to be on the same page. The vets and the nurses that are looking after the nurses are looking at the dog mm. all day. They're the one caring directly. They need a plan. If the pain is above X, we're going to give this. If this happens, yeah. you'll come back to me and we're going to change our plan. Yeah. The, nurse, the nurse needs to know that there's a plan there and they need to have yeah. confidence that if something's not happening, they can come back to the vet and the vet's going to say, right, let's work together. What are you seeing? Okay, the dog might be really comfortable when they're lying down, but when you try and get them up, when you palpate their abdomen, they're really not happy. What we can do mm. about it? So it's kind of that open dialogue and that understanding, isn't it, that we need to for the, the teamwork thing in practice? back.